This is WGOT LP Gainesville. You live a busy life. The last thing you want to have to worry about is your birth control pill. That's why we're introducing Orthoestrin, a new low-dose daily birth control pill with little to no side effects. Ask your doctor if birth control is right for you. Then ask your boss if birth control is right for you. Ask your boss to ask his priest. Find a Boy Scout and see what he thinks. Tap a mailman on the shoulder. Sorry, I didn't mean to startle you. Um, Tell him you didn't mean to startle him. Then ask him if birth control is right for you. Put it online and see how many likes it gets. Come on. Ask an old black man and an Asian boy playing chess in the park. Can I start this new birth control? Then ask them how they became friends because there has just got to be a story there. I'm trying to get birth control and I'm Ask someone ask who just got one of those cochlear implants and is hearing for the very first time. Yeah, yeah but can, can I get birth control? Ask Jeeves. I'm supposed to ask you too. Ask your mom's new boyfriend. Then ask the Supreme Court. Finally, ask yourself why you insist on having sex for fun. Hey, no refills? I have to go through all this again next month? Yep. See you then. Can I have a gun? Yep. Remember that you're right.
yawning too light up in the dark I feel the rhythm like it's turning the spark into flame That burn your memory hell Burn it to the ground No honky-tonk could save my soul Like the DJ's Cause I will survive You left me broken But I'm staying alive We'll skip this one horse town My one way to get out No honky tonk could save my soul
how about some uh, psychedelic Turkish music to get you warmed up this week here on My Friend's Place. The band's name is Alton Gun, and you heard a song title, Layla Lay from them. And uh, that's part of the warm-up mix here on uh, My Friend's Place, LBJTLB Gainesville. Before that, you had Ladytron, City of Angels. Then you heard Charlotte Adigeri and Bolus Pupil, Mantra. After that, some country music from Honey Harper, Boots, Mine Gold. After that, you heard one from last week uh, that I played as well, Billy Numantes, Saboteur, Forcefield. And then finally, uh, you had the Primitives with Don't Know Where to Start. And uh, fortunately, I knew exactly where to start this week on the, the uh, warm-up mix of my friend's place. Before we get into the next segment, I want to do something that I normally wait until the end of the show to do, but I want to make sure I try to reach a different audience um, that maybe only listens to the beginning because they're in the car and never to the end, and that is to tell you some things about WGOT and how you can support them. First and foremost, WGOT is on Patreon. You can become a patron by subscribing to WGOT for as little as $1 a month. All those dollars really add up. And for you, uh, just yesterday, Red Pony Music Hour and Morning Wave host H.R. Gertner uploaded a special Halloween episode, which is a tribute to one of my favorite soundtracks, one of my favorite soundtrack bands, one of my favorite horror movies, which happens to be Suspiria and Talking About um, Goblin. Later on, it got remade, and then another great musician did the soundtrack, Tom York. So definitely check that out. How can you do so? $1 a month on Patreon. Also, while we're talking about WGOT, WGOT has a Facebook page um, that you can like, and that uh, that helps us out too in a little bit of a way. Um, But even better than that, we have a webpage, WGOT.org. You can stream the station, the shows, anytime you want to, as long as you have an internet signal, that is. Personally, if you want to help out my shows, you can find me online at Cramla, which is C-R-A-M-E-L-A. Google that, and I think you can kind of figure out how to stream past episodes of my friend's place, or also my other more techno house-based mix show called Cramla Mix Show, would love for you to download past episodes or stream them so you can enjoy them in their entirety. Um, in case you are a radio listener and uh, you only get to listen maybe 15 minutes at a time, depending on uh, how long you are in your car. So there you go. Plugs out of the way. So what I want to do right now is actually a segment, a contest, a lifestyle choice. I started a few weeks ago. It's called Ross Lawn, and I've taken the past couple of weeks off because you know, Halloween, been doing some Halloween things uh, stuff for my friend's place, so I want to kind of dig back in uh, to this concept for Ross Lawn, and uh, just to let you know, uh, what is Ross Lawn? A couple of weeks ago, I, I set out on a, a deep personal journey. My goal, I want to find the greatest slaw in all of Gainesville. Uh, so my personal journey of discovery began, like I said, a couple of weeks ago um, with some saw from a local restaurant called Northwest Grill. Uh, been around for a while, well known for their seafood, and they provided a terrific, very colorful, vinegar-based slaw that I decided to rate an 8. Probably could have gone higher on my saw scale, but didn't want to go too high. 
at the beginning. Um, so that one had an eight. Now, quick reminder of the rules on raw sawing. Number one, and most importantly, is the saw must be consumed separately from which the meal that it came from. That is in order that the meal does not influence my rating of the saw. So I take the saw, refrigerate it for 24 hours, come back the next day. That's when I do my test. That's when I do my review. Also, rule number two in raw sawing is that absolutely no seasoning can be added to the saw. Um, normally, in full transparency, whenever I get a saw, I normally add like an eighth of teaspoon of pepper before I taste the saw every single time. Also, sprinkle in a little bit of garlic salt, yeah, just a little bit, um, before I even taste it. But that is not allowed in raw slawing. So, um, this week, or actually more like two weeks ago, when I tasted the salt, kind of ran into an issue. So, dramatic pause. Here's what happened. Got some slaw from my favorite restaurants. And truthfully, I was really disappointed with this one. Enough so that I decided not to put the slaw on blast a couple weeks ago. And that, what I would do is that I would actually give them a do-over. That's how much I respect the restaurant. So I had the bad slaw waited probably a week and a half before I was going to review like an updated slaw um, from the, uh, the same restaurant. So this slaw came, or let's talk about temp number one. Slaw came in a very shallow styrofoam container with kind of a fat wide lid. Open up the lid, look down, and the very first thing that I noticed after removing the top, that there was almost no color at all in the slaw. In fact, it looked pretty much like a melted Alaskan snowy bank. That's how I would describe it. No color at all. And the taste of saw number one, um, truthfully, it was basically like soupy mayo cabbage. Big, huge disappointment, especially considering how much I love this restaurant. Um, enough so, like I said before, I decided I would give them a second chance. And I'm really glad that I did, because, um, you know, truthfully, my friend's place, who has a bigger slaw review platform uh, than us? I mean, we pretty much run Big Slaw in Gainesville, and I would not hate, or I really would not want to throw a restaurant underneath the bus. So I went back to the same restaurant about a week and a half after, and try number two went much, much better. Um, did the same thing. It comes in a very small, wide styrofoam container. Open up the top. This time, though, the very first thing that I noticed, some orange kind of peeking through. Um, so definitely some carrots in there. Uh, a little bit more, like, transluency from the onions. And uh, overall, you know, a lot less soupy. And it looked more like what slaw is supposed to look like. Tasting it, uh, definitely a much more balanced flavor and less mayo. And like I said before, I could look at it and see that it wasn't like soupy mayonnaise again. 
So the score for uh, stall number two, or actually the stall in general. So what I decided to do, take number one, take number two, average them out, and here's what happened. Slaw number one, I gave a very low, a very, very low score, a three for that slaw. Like I said, bland, no taste, watery, mayonnaise-y, not very good at all. Slaw number two, though, was much, much better, and I give that one a very respectable and solid seven on the slaw scale. So you put the seven and the three together, divide by two, if you're a mathematician or not, whether you are or you aren't, that averages out to a five. Now, for the big reveal, the restaurant. It happens to be my favorite religious pun-themed barbecue restaurant. And if you guessed it, that's right, talking about Adam's Ribs. A restaurant that I really, really appreciate, really enjoy. Um, so, one good slaw experience, one bad slaw experience. And now we officially have two different slaws up on the big slaw board. Uh, Northeast, or excuse me, Northwest Grill uh, with an eight, and Adams Grill with a five. Average. You can make an argument. Maybe I should have given them like a like in high school when you get to throw out the lowest test score and keep the higher one. And I eat enough at Adams that I'll probably be able to average a third slaw in there uh, to maybe uh, see what happens. But um, Northwest Grill sitting at an 8. Right now, Adams is sitting at a 5 on the saw board. Um, and real quickly, if you uh, make a saw or, or you have a restaurant uh, that has a favorite saw, definitely slide into our uh, DMs and let us know here at WGOT. All styles of slaw, all flavors of slaw are welcome. Our personal mantra here on raw slaw is no slaw left behind. So there you go. Let us know. You got a saw? We'll check it out. Keep in mind, though, we're going to be honest about it, just like I was this week for Adam's Rib. Anywho, uh, kind of a leftover Halloween uh, title from uh, a person that I'm really enjoying her music. It's Heather Trost, The, the Devil Never Sleeps. And you're listening to My Friend's Place.
Okay, that is music from Glider's High Time, and you're listening to my friend's place on the BGOTLP Gainesville. Before that, you had Heather Trost, The Devil Never Sleeps. Then you heard Oversize, the song titles dissolve. After that, new music from Crosses after eight years of being off. Uh, that one's Vivian. And then you heard uh, Nakane, Do You Well, featuring a uh, perfume genius. Not very uh, subtle lyrics on that one, but uh, still meets the standards for uh, community radio, I suppose. Um, anyway, let's get into a couple of movie and TV reviews this week. And for me, personally, it was truly a great week for television uh, because I found not one, but two things I could give a perfect 10 to. Let's start with the television uh, part and then we'll do the movie second. Uh, so for TV on Halloween or Halloween time or you know around Halloween, Netflix released a new horror anthology from the uh, absolutely great, uh, fantastic Guillermo del Toro. So there's some more um, bad uh, pronunciations. Anyway, I mean, you probably know the name. If you don't, he's known for a great fantasy and has quite a few classic sci-fi movies. Most recently, things like The Shape of Water, uh, which won an Oscar uh, for that fish man woman love story. And he's probably best known for Pan's Labyrinth, which is a really cool uh, kind of trippy, dark fantasy. Well, uh, Guillermo del Toro, he had a deal with Netflix that also includes a new stop-motion Pinocchio uh, that's about to come out, which um, it seems to be really popular from the people that have seen it. So, looking forward to seeing that animation. Well, on top of that, he also has a new Twilight Zone-type anthology series called Cabinet of Curiosities that he produced and pretty much handpicked the writers, directors, and cinematographers, and other people that were working on it. Uh, so, uh, since Guillermo del Toro is involved, it's not surprisingly just an epic all-star team of creative types. Um, the series consists of eight one-hour, about one-hour stories, um, but instead of watching it from one to eight, immediately jumped ahead to episode number seven. So why might I do that, you ask? Well, thank you for asking. Because episode number seven happens to be from Panos Cosmatos. Cosmatos. I think that's how you say his name. Again, lots of bad uh, foreign pronunciations this week. Uh, anyway, Panos Cosmatos is the horror director of my favorite movie of 2018, which stars the great Nicolas Cage as well. It's called Mandy. I've reviewed it for a while back. And Mandy is just an absolutely wild, like, psilocybin adventure story. I mean, visually and musically, super trippy. Um, so, therefore, I was really looking forward to episode number seven of Curiosity, or Cabinet of Curiosities. Um, because this is actually the first thing that Panos did since he did Mandy. Um, so I gotta tell you, um, I was really obviously looking forward to this episode. And really, I won't use the icing on top of the cake. That's kind of a cliche. That's the movie we got. Um, I won't use icing on the top of the cake. So, okay, here we go. I got one. So the curry ketchup on the top of the sizzling cone of 
Amsterdam french fries. That's, that'd be my version. Was that this particular episode, Eric Andre gets one of the stars. And not only is he one of my favorite uh, stand-up comedians, but also one of my favorite actors and performance artists. And other than the fact that um, this episode, episode 7 of Cabinet of Curiosities, called The Viewing, if you're looking for it, other than the fact that it's set in 1978, I'm not really going to tell you much about it, because I really want you to enjoy it the same way that I did, which is super trippy and weird, and I had no idea where it was going. So it's only an hour with a really, a really simple story, actually. Um, so that's episode seven of Cabinet of Curiosities called The Viewing. Um, I don't want to give anything away. So that, that tells you how much I like it and how much I'm recommending it. Do not want to give anything away to you. Um, and truly blown away. Now, just as I was completely blown away by uh, that episode, uh, Cabinet of Curiosities called The Viewing, I had another experience, uh, very, very similar, except this time it was a movie I was watching on video on demand. So it is called Emily the Criminal. Now, Emily the Criminal happens to star, not Eric Andre, one of my favorite actors, but one of my favorite actresses, comedians, performance artists, Aubrey Plaza, uh, which you probably are, people probably best know her uh, for Parks and Recreation, but she has been in a lot of great projects, including one of my favorites, which is the uh, FX uh, comic book story Legion, which is a non-Marvel, Marvel story, which means it's not really Disneyfied, and it pretty much tells the... Uh, really mind-bending story of the son of Professor X, uh, who you probably know if you're any kind of a comic book geek like me. Uh, it's Patrick Stewart, head of the X-Men. Uh, definitely Google that and watch that. If you've not seen Legion and you like sci-fi, that one's another huge one. Um, so she was in that, and, and one of the best parts of it as well. And there's no question... Um, that she's one of the, the most talented actresses going on. Oh, yeah, and a quick aside, she's also in the new uh, season of White Lotus, which I haven't really checked out yet. The first episode came out on Sunday, so I'll have something probably to say about that in a week or two. But anyway, super talented. Here's a quick synopsis of what happens in the movie. Of course, spoiler-free, um, Aubrey Plaza plays Emily, who is a uh, recent art school graduate uh, with $60,000 in debt, uh, something I think a lot of people can relate to after you graduate college, and she's working a crappy food services job she hates. Sorry if you're in food services and you like it. She's in food services and wants to be doing something art-related. And on top of that, on top of a, a job she hates, she's having a hard time finding a new job because it just so happens that she has a felony, assault conviction that kind of makes her somewhat unemployable um, in the business that she wants to be in. So what happens, um, she's presented with a really sketchy opportunity to make some quick cash, some quick money, and well, of course, no spoiler alert here, she takes it. I mean, otherwise, you don't have a movie called Emily the Criminal. So she takes the opportunities and 
what happens is pretty interesting. I loved everything about this gritty, kind of true crime story. Um, even though it's not true crime, it's kind of like a true crime uh, documentary. Um, and the style is really reminiscent of uh, some of my favorite directors called the Safdie Brothers, who directed, you know, Good Time, a great movie, and one you might know a little bit better, uh, more recently, Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler. So these are stories that kind of take in true crime elements, and they also um, usually have something to do about the criminal underworld, and they are very anxiety-inducing type movies. So you might ask, why do you uh, watch anxiety-inducing movies? Well, same reason why people like horror movies. Kind of you know, gets the blood flowing, I suppose. Um, so this one's got very, very like, ooh, what's going to happen next kind of vibe. And um, again, just like the, the viewing, the TV show that I just reviewed a second ago, uh, Emily the Criminal has a really simple, straightforward uh, uh, plot uh, with only a 90-minute runtime, something that I'm really starting to enjoy because I don't want to have to have like a, you know, Cliff's Notes or a flow chart to kind of figure out what's going on in a movie or a TV show. I like something you can just put on, sit down, watch, and not have to worry about all these Easter eggs and other things uh, hidden. Talking about you, Marvel Universe. Um, but yeah, really straightforward, 90 minutes. And I got to say, Emily the Criminal really harkens back. Uh, to the 90s, which was a great era for movies. Um, we have all these, like, just straight R-rated adult theaters um, that you might not see in the theater, but you might, you know, on a Friday night or Saturday night, you might discover it late at night on uh, Cinemax and enjoy it. And, um, yeah, it's another 10. I had two 10s this week for things that I like. Um, so. Definitely, if you have Netflix and you like horror, especially horror comedy, because I really didn't say this was kind of a comedy, watch Episode 7, Cabinet of Curiosities, The Viewing. If you like movies, especially like adult thrillers and, you know, crime movies, then Emily the Criminal right now is on video on demand. But hey, dude, it's $4 to rent. It is well spent if you like that kind of entertainment. So... Anywho, they get you completely caught up on what I've been watching this week on the telly and um, from the Emily the Criminal soundtrack. Let's do a song from that one. Uh, band is Lucine, and the song title is Just a Cloud featuring Via Largosto. And you're listening to My Friend's Place on WGOT LP Gainesville.
Oh uh-huh.
From Smidley called Table Rock Antichrist. And you may recognize that name Smidley because you've heard him uh, a couple times recently on the show, uh, most recently as a closing track for a song that he did called Another Devil. Um, truthfully, until about 
I don't know, three weeks ago. Never heard of him, but now becoming a big fan of his productions. Uh, before that, from the movie soundtrack, Emily the Criminal, a movie that I've reviewed uh, before the music started this uh, set, you had Losing with, uh, or Lusine, with Just a Cloud featuring uh, Via Narzosto. <laughs> there you go, my Italian accent. Uh, after that, you had Soccer Mommy. Darkness Forever, Sophie's version, so a new remix of that song. After that, you had one from Mount Kimby, Satellite 9. And then um, you hear music all the time from my favorite folk artist on the male side, Father John Misty. Now, he's got a rival, at least for me, on the female side uh, from Way's Blood. You've heard a couple of their tracks. Now you heard another one I called Grapevine. Love that, like, orchestral um, folk, really clever uh, lyrics. Um, yeah, so really feeling that one. Uh, not something you always hear on my friend's place, but we do do a little bit indie folk from time to time. Uh, anyway, before talk about our next segment, a quick reminder, WGOTs on Patreon.com. Go over there, subscribe for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year. That money is really valuable to WGOT, and chances are you're not really going to miss uh, $12 a year out of your wallet. Um, also online, you can find me at Cramela, C-R-A-M-E-L-A. You can listen to this show, Past My Friend's Place, or my other show, Cramela Mix Show, which is more techno and house-centered. Uh, anyway, again, find me online just by Googling Cramela, C-R-A-M-E-L-A. Okay, so before we do the next segment, I'm really hoping today, tonight, or whenever you're listening to this, is the time when I get to totally retire this. Because what I'm going to do is something I did a couple weeks ago, which is bad Shakespearean actor reading Herschel Walker quotes. We've got a big midterm coming up uh, next week, depending on when you're listening to the show, and either you're going to get a lot more of this segment if Herschel Walker gets elected, or hopefully we can put it to bed. So anyway, um, the really sad part about this thing is, well, one thing is just like my acting ability and my ability to do uh, accents and things like that. It's, I'm really terrible. But even worse than that is that somehow we're a couple days out and Sean Walker is, uh, still somehow has a chance to win this. So lots of bad in this segment. Truly the worst segment of all time on my friend's place. But anyway, here we go. I've done this before. The concept's still the same. It's bad Shakespearean summer actor doing Herschel Walker like it's a Shakespearean play. And it's truly awful. I mean, you're really going to enjoy how my accent ships around from bad Irish to bad English to bad Italian uh, to... I don't even know what it is. But anyway, here we go. Bad actor reading Herschel Walker. Obama was here last night. He said, I'm a celebrity. Well, Obama got that one wrong. Did he not? For thou is not a celebrity. I'm a warrior for God. Obama got something else incorrect, too. Remember, two full moon cycles ago when he told us to vote for 
Shoe hiding. Did he not? Well, he got that one wrong. Did he not? Obama's lost twice to Georgia already. Has he not? So I think he probably needs to set this one out. There you go. Thank you. That's Herschel Walker um, replying to some comments that uh, Obama did uh, just the other day. Let's go into some more classic Herschel. And this one uh, coming up next, uh, bad Shakespearean actor reads Herschel. This one came uh, from his quotes about evolution. I'm sorry that I'm laughing because I just the idea of Herschel Walker saying anything about evolution is is super funny in a dark way. But anyway, here we go. Bad Shakespearean actor reading uh, Herschel Walker evolution comments. <laughs> so I'm blowing my voice out here slowly. So I'll do my best on this one uh, before I totally uh, have no voice left. I had the one time. Science said mine came from apes, did it not? Every time I read or hear that, I think to myself, you did not readeth the same Bible that Herschel did. If that is true, why are there still apes? Think about it. There you go. That's bad Shakespearean actor uh, reading Herschel Walker's quotes on evolution. Makes a good point. I mean, there are still apes around, so how did man evolve from apes? So think about it. And I know it seems like I'm making these quotes up if you've never read them or heard them before, but these are all cut and paste from Herschel Walker. Uh, so one more of my scratchy, bad uh, Shakespearean actor, Herschel Walker voice. So I'm taking a deep breath. I really need to do some vocal warm-ups, but I'm going to give it a try. So this uh, last one was his comment about gun control right after the Uvalde disaster. Uh, so here we go. I start with a little bit of a religious theme here. Cain killed Abel. And that's a problem we have. What we need to do is look into how we can stop those things. You know, you talked about doing a disinformation. What about getting a department that can look at young men? That's looking at women that's looking at their social media. What about doing that? Looking into things like that. And we can stop that that way. But yet, they want to just continue to talk about taking away your constitutional rights. And I think there's more things thou needs to look into. There you go. That's my last uh, official Herschel Walker quote. 
hopefully of all time. Um, I hope you enjoyed my terrible accent. I can't do accents, but I can uh, sometimes pick out decent music, and you're going to hear one that kind of fits in with the last segment. It's from a host. It's called Tomorrow's Lost. And if you don't get out and vote in the midterms, Tomorrow's Lost, hey, might be like a theme song of 2022. Uh, regardless, enjoy.
What I do, what I did, stupid fish, I drank the pool. Say You Don't Mind, and I'm really glad that you didn't mind listening to my friend's place on WGOTLP Gainesville. Before that, you heard new music from Host called Tomorrow Sky. You know, it's one from Bonobo called Defender. Then a brand newish one um, from the Beach Boys, Carry Me Home. It's a song that had been in their sets for a while, but never had an official release until uh, just this past uh, week or two. Um, so there you go kind of new music there from the Beach Boys, Carry Me Home, and you are completely called up to everything you've heard this week here on My Friend's Place, and uh, there it is, yet another great, super uh, terrific My Friend's Place episode. Let's see, what did we do today? Uh, We added Adam's Ribs, uh, coleslaw to the great coleslaw challenge happening on My Friend's Place. Uh, We also reviewed um, some perfect hymns. One television and one movie uh, television show from uh, Cabinets of Curiosity on Netflix. And the movie was Emily the Criminal, so 10 and 10. Uh, plus, we also heard some great, or maybe bad, depends on which side of the fence you're on. Uh, had some bad, bad actor, Herschel Walker, uh, quote readings. And best of all, the thing that we do best each and every week is about 25 brand new Indian alternative songs from a variety of genres, including electronic, rock, uh, indie pop, folk, and like I said, even a new uh, one from a classic band, the Beach Boys. So um, please consider uh, supporting WGOT by subscribing at patreon.com. Uh, you can also support my shows, My Friend's Place and Cramel Mix Show by subscribing for free at Apple Podcasts and uh, listening. And uh, we've arrived at the big 
closing time of the show this week and we're going to give you the track we're going to send you away with the big closer and uh this week got a great closer from you because gonna give you uh kind of tie it back to something we did earlier on the show and uh, you're gonna hear one from the cabinets of curiosity uh, one hour uh, episode episode number seven uh, which like i said that's a perfect 10 partly due to the great soundtrack and you're going to hear uh part of the soundtrack from daniel lapotin you may or may not recognize his name yet um he does do a lot of uh, film work and is a frequent uh, collaborator with artist weekend you may or may not have heard kind of a big thing right now um also kind of interesting i just found this out like two weeks ago he produced uh, the new Soccer Mommy album, which you've heard me play a few tracks off, including today, in which I played uh, Mommy's, uh, Soccer Mommy's uh, Darkness Forever, the uh, Sophie mix of that. Uh, that is definitely his mix of that song off of the album. So uh, really love this guy, and uh, you should too, hopefully. That's Daniel LaPoten, and your closer this week is kind of a mega mix uh, from the viewing uh, from... Uh, Cabinet of Curiosities, episode number seven. Uh, it's a mega mix of the soundtrack. And here you go. You got Daniel Lapotin with uh, the viewing soundtrack. Adios. Mm-hmm.